0: Hi there, you're joining us for the Roll for Crit podcast, the ultimate podcast, I'm going to say, for all your board game news, discussion, Kickstarter picks, tons of other fun stuff. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jonathan. And I'm Will. Now, last week, we had a very terrible roll that started off the podcast. Hopefully, we'll do a little better this week. That's right. We are rolling for show right now, and I hope you're using a real die, too, because last week, I think maybe we had Karmic... Uh, retribution because you tried to cheat with a magic die. Well, this one is pretty good. fifteen. I would say that's most likely to pass. I uh, you, know, you did not you didn't respond as to whether or not you're cheating this week.
1: Oh no, no, sorry. Real die. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I
0: thought you were <laughs> I got ready. so excited that we got two digits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm at fifty that's the best we've done a fifteen. It that's is. Very good. That bodes well. Uh, very exciting. Excited to start the show because joining our party this week is the host of the gaming channel Shelf Stories on YouTube, also a contributor to the Dice Tower and the One Stop Co op Shop podcast. Welcome to the show, Jason Perez. You got them all correct. Wow, <laughs> ever
2: gets all the outlets correct. Well done, <laughs> yo my peoples. What's up?
0: That's right. That's right. Love to hear that. I, I aim to please. I'm glad that I got them all. You
2: did your you did your homework. I, I'm all over the place. And I tried be all over the place, actually, but somebody actually followed. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, you make it easy when you're so darn entertaining.
2: Oh, <laughs> the love fest <laughs> begins.
0: Uh, no, we are both fans of your work, and uh, Thank you, you I appreciate do a lot it. of cool stuff, and we will give you an opportunity for to plug your stuff at the end so hopefully everybody can go and follow you also because we want them to Mm -hmm. thank you but you're here to talk to us about board games and i'm really excited there's a lot of fun discussions that we can have today tonight whenever you may be listening Mm -hmm. Uh, actually before we before we get started though i do just want to say did anybody uh anyone do anything for May the 4th? It was Star Wars Day. Anybody celebrate Star Wars Day?
2: You want to know something? I was born in 1977 so I don't care. I aged myself. I'm 43 years old. Born the year of the first Star Wars movie. a new Oh movie. man. All the new I was born uh, five blocks away from a movie. that was debuting Star Wars. The very first Star Wars and I hadn't seen it until I was 23. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow you didn't need to you already knew it you're the chosen one <laughs> yeah you're living
0: star wars I, you, you know
2: you know you grew up i mean i i grew up in sunset park brooklyn which is a lot you know heavily latino and and black and it, it was you know and not to get like totally like racial everything but star wars was really a very white thing growing
0: mm-hmm. up. fair enough and, fair enough
2: <laughs> you know it's like you had lando and it was like okay okay that, that's really billy d but like for the most part it was a very like kind of white geeky you know thing and it wasn't i i as growing up i always felt like okay that's not for me i got i got all my, all my own stuff right and it wasn't until i got into high school and met different people and met different you know like and they sat me down they did the clockwork orange style just like type tape
0: <laughs> and made me watch this thing and it's like oh i missed out <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone has the experience. You either grew up with Star Wars or at some point, someone right. will force you to watch it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, when the, the new movies came out, it was always like, we're going to see this. Oh, I haven't seen any other ones. You haven't seen any of them?
0: <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, it's like, no, that's just that's just madness. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway. So this will
2: tell you how long ago that was. They sat me down and we watched the the, the VHS tapes. The three VHS tapes, and this is uh, before what's his face uh, Lucas got his hands on him, so Han shot first, and, <laughs> and
0: all that stuff. Yeah, before he messed it all up again for the rest of us. Well, uh, hopefully everybody listening had a had a good. I, I didn't do anything either. Uh, so uh, there's lots of good Star Wars board games.
2: I am a I'm a psychotherapist, so I see a lot of clients. I saw today is a two, two, this is my heavy day. I see ten clients today. So on telehealth. So then, and so five of them assigned off with the greeting, "May the fourth be with you." Aww. <laughs> Great. I love it. And of course, like a good Catholic boy, I said, "And also with you."
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Live long and prosper. Is that the right so,
1: thing?
2: <laughs> right. Uh, so that. So it's. I can't get away from it, even if I want to.
0: <laughs> well, uh, for better or worse, it is the reality we live in and uh, probably will be forever more. Let's let's move on to the subject of board games. It's time to start the show officially with our news roundup Ooh. news roundup. Ooh. That's our that means it's time for the news roundup is what that sound <laughs> means. So we're going to talk about some board game news. I mean, the biggest one by far is that Board Game Geek's 15th Annual Golden Geek Awards Mm. are at a close for 2020. We now have the winners. These were nominated by fans, members of Board Game Geek, and then voted on by also members of Board Game Geek. And they had a range of categories. I'll just uh, talk about a few of the bigger ones. Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion won, I think, three awards, Best Co-op, Uh, heavy game of the year and also thematic game while uh, dune imperium took home best card game and uh, we also have micro macro crime city a game i was not familiar with but now i'm very curious about which won best light game of the year as well as best innovative and Mm -hmm. lost ruins of arnak took home medium game of the year so there, there are more categories there's a lot of different things we could talk about in, in this section those are some of the highlights the bigger winners i think jason well, and, uh, did you, yes and also go ahead. so v-
2: so very wrong about games won for best podcast
0: that is correct yes so uh there's a there's a lot of good a lot of good talent out there i mean uh, other with so very wrong about games or any of the other winners are there any that jumped out at you uh, that uh, you're excited about, or anything that you thought maybe deserved to win, or even be nominated, that wasn't? Did you vote in these awards?
2: I vote every single year. Uh, five games for Doomsday with Ben Maddox is a crime that he, that man has not gotten the recognition in terms of be the podcaster, content creator. I think he's one of the best, most intelligent, entertaining people out there. He just has a different voice, you know. He's very different than anybody that's out there, so. Plug for five games for Doomsday Ben. If you listen to this, yes, I'm kissing your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, so Jaws in the Lion is interesting because not everyone counted it as a separate thing. Uh, you know, because it's because it integrates, right? It's like it's basically more Gloomhaven. And mm, right, if you play Gloomhaven, you know, you played this game, and so like, but the, what the, what Jaws in the Lion did was it made it shorter, and it added the book and not the tiles, and it's like. And it's still Gloomhaven, so like I I get it; it's hard to scenarios. But you know, should this be on the same par with you know a brand new design? So Mm -hmm. what do we, you know, Gloomhaven and then Pandemic Zero? It's like man. You know, where's the? What are we doing sequels over here? What are we doing? Now?
0: <laughs> We're in that oh, stage now yeah. of board games that the that the Hollywood industry is. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. it's not
2: like the Oscars. Like the Oscars, what they'll do is they'll like give the last in a series a bunch of Oscars and just, like, okay, here you go. But like that, you know, you don't give them Oscars for like the first one and the second one. And then is there if there's a third one? Frost Haven's gonna come out. Is Frost even gonna get all the awards next year. Next time, I, I like, have
0: to tell you this. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know the answer to that question already you
2: know uh, and I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care but it's like interesting to note right it's interesting to know because the dice tower awards did not count gloomhaven at all they just took mm. Gloomhaven off the shelf and we got different games and isaac felt you know he had, he had a tweet about it he's like Ooh, i know why and you know, i got all my awards ready but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you know, it's just something that you know if you're talking about sort of striking things i mean that that's stuck out to me the most
0: what do you think, Will? The Jaws of the Lion deserve the the hype, the wins, or it, anything else on this list? It is very hard because I
1: totally get what that's come from like you know when you have a standalone expansion, it really is just part of that game. Right. Gloomhaven does feel a little different because it's not like you're shuffling characters, you know. But it is still like Frosthaven. I think is far enough for, will be far enough removed. Maybe I mean we'll have to see when we get it. And you know. So, I'm really, if you that said, also, I will say, in the very unpopular opinion, I have yet to play Gloomhaven with anyone who hasn't <clears throat> like come out of it after a few games being like, I really don't want to play this. Every person I've said it says that. No one wants to play any like finish Gloomhaven. One person <laughs> does. That's my brother. And because he, he's like, it's almost out of spite. He's like, I will finish this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're talking about the original Gloomhaven. Well, he played Jaws. Right. Well, I was both of us. I liked Jaws actually a little more than the original. Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. I, I, I right. think it's, uh, you know, it certainly is more of the same. But I think the things that it does do a little differently, it does better. They're small, but they're important differences. Yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah. And and are the but so you said small? Are they too small? Like is should it should it be taking air out of the room for like another? Game. Like, I mean, I guess it, could, it goes to like, what's the point of these things, right? Is the point,
1: you no, know, the, you're, things- you're absolutely right. Yeah. I'm like, is it though? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really, it's sort of like, oh, I guess, a little bit when we talked about the innovative, like, award. it's like, it's not really innovating Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. It's just quality. If if they feel more quality of life, it's almost like buying an insert. <laughs> the insert right. doesn't change Gloomhaven usually. Like, yes, it's easier <laughs> to set up, but. You're not going to now um, make that everyone doesn't love Gloomhaven now that they have, they have an insert or something.
2: And there's a separate award for this stuff, there's a separate award for best expansion and some of these other things. So, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I because so we did a top 100 co ops over on the one stop co op that was a big episode 200. We led up to it and controversial. I just threw them all together. People voted for Gloomhaven, people voted for Jaws, and I'm like, you know what, they're they they integrate. So, it's like I just smushed them all together and. I don't know, like, I just, that, see that, that was, so I'm revealing my bias over there, so it's like, you know, I'm looking at it, I, i I know what Isaac's point is, you work really hard, it's not like he didn't work hard, you know, I mean? he put a lot of work into it, and it's like, I don't know, I just, I just feel like it wasn't different enough, like, you it, know where it should have been would, an expansion.
1: Yeah, you know where it would fit really well if they did, unfortunately, I don't think this happens enough for there to be an award for it, mm-hmm. but like reintegration you know like when right. they do the second edition of something and make small changes like that right the best that i think yeah, that is yeah. really what gloomhaven jaws the Lion is okay. it just feels different because they didn't just give you the giant box with a new rule book mm-hmm. it has the smaller one that's designed to be picked up at more of like a target or something Did that because it was ex- is it still exclusive there i can't no, remember no,
0: that was i think it was early yeah. there
1: but that was like a month that, it wasn't that long. yeah th- i think yeah. that's what it really is it's the reimplementation, because, like we we said, I think Jonathan, your friends are doing it. They literally just took their jaws line characters into the base, right. right, right.
0: yeah, it's interesting i hadn't I hadn't really thought about it that way. I mean, I think what's uh, what you have to consider about these awards, too, talking about you know what is the point of them is the golden geeks, they are voted on by the people, right? These are kind of the what are people on board game geek? what are the real hardcore board game players? playing what are they into right now so from that sense maybe it is fair to put there it's just like well people voted for it so I guess that's what people are prioritizing they the different- same
2: people that voted for wingspan for best thematic game <laughs> strategy game and best family game and best innovative game like they won every single award it could it could win so it's the same people and it's like so saying that it belongs to the people is like a grain of salt at least that actually
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. i have
0: not checked salt. this
1: because when <laughs> wings when that happened with wingspan a lot of people complained about that
0: Yes. Hasn't well, been the
1: same complaining about Jaws of Life? This Lion? is
0: three awards versus, I think, Wingspan won at like six. True. I think it was but much more of a sweep. Much more.
1: It is, but it's still, and it's in a lot of runner ups.
2: And it was a uh, mutually exclusive category. So it won for like the best strategy game and the best family game. Like they're separate for a reason, people. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a whole debate on our uh, bonus podcast about <laughs> what constitutes a light heavy or medium game mm-hmm. we don't need to get into that here but <laughs> that could also be argued have have you seen this uh, uh micro macro crime city game jason have you had a i chance have to play this
2: not game? we did cover it in the one-stop co-op shop so i have you've just revealed that i don't listen to my own channel
0: <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> so, that's how it goes sometimes
2: i haven't actually gotten to it yet but no once it once it won the award i'm like wow i mean it's Cause they were on it, like they would. They've been recommending it, the Mike and Peter and those guys. So it's like you know, I I trust their judgment. So it's like it's in the queue. Like I don't know if you guys, because I, you know, you guys do reviews, but I don't know if you guys are at this point in your reviewing it where it's like, oh my god, look at that queue. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) many games to play. We've been there. Yeah, it's uh, Uh, it can be rough. But and it's like you, you.
2: you hit those pockets where it's like you don't have time to actually play games for fun. It's like, okay, here comes the next one. Here comes.
0: I mean, you know? oh, you're preaching to the choir, uh, especially yeah, exactly. with the pandemic yeah. in the past year. I oh my god, I don't think I've what does what does it mean to play a game for fun? I don't know yeah. if I've done that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, play micro Macro City. He go lend it to you. It's like, okay, by reviewing it, no. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially you know. At least for us, one of our big things was the weekly game nights was when we got our friends yeah. together and like, sure, we would bring some work with us, but there's a chance we're going to do something that we wouldn't do anything about because we just want to play another game of Legendary. Sure, right. we, we've we seen that over and over, but it's, it's like our thing. As for this game, I, I will say Innovative is the one I'm always interested in because that's like what turned people like upside down and like we didn't see coming. And so that's like um, the, the search for Pine X was the runner up. I had a blast with that one, mm, like the complete mm. puzzle solving. And frankly, it was a, a crime that I didn't play with Jonathan because I think it has every single element he likes.
0: Yeah. I feel
1: like I stole from him.
0: <laughs> he did. And he should feel bad about it. Uh, but overall, I thought the awards were, you know, pretty, pretty good. I mean, not all of them were would have been my picks, but.
1: I'm just happy Forgotten Waters won Zoomable. I think that was the one I would have been really sad if it didn't win.
0: Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it did deserve that one for sure. All right. So those were the 15th annual Golden Geek Award winners. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Moving on, next story involves Board Game Arena, which is a digital board game platform. And it was just a, a few months ago that it was announced that Asmodee acquired Board Game Arena, or it was merging with them in some way uh the the financial details are a bit murky but it seems like they're they did what they do with everyone and just acquire them and we are now seeing kind of the fruits of that labor as a result of that acquisition uh splendor Mm -hmm. which is now owned by asmoday uh has been released on board game arena it is the first game out of to come out of that deal it is fully playable right now just like all their other titles digitally in browser, so kind of interesting to see how quickly that turned around. They're also running a tournament from May fifth to the twenty third. Uh, so if you want to try to compete in that, see if you can be the best Splendor player out there on Board Game Arena. Jason, are you a fan of uh, of Board Game Arena and or Splendor? And uh, what do you think about this? You know, this implementation or just the announcement of of this all happening right now?
2: Certainly, Board Game Arena. Board Game Arena is probably the Best platform that I've used for like multiplayer games. Like you know, I, I have a hard time with tabletop simulator. I really do. Like it's it's very like you, you fumble around with stuff and like yeah. I, I get it. it's not really for playing. It's for like demonstrating. So that's but like but that's what's been happening, right? You play games with tabletop simulator and it becomes really clunky. And War Game Arena, they 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 do a lot with user interface that just makes games very easy to play. And um could always get a game of something like you know if, especially some of the more popular titles so they had like my favorite game one of my favorite games is hanabi and i play i've played thousands of games of hanabi like thousands uh, <laughs> tells me like i know exactly how many games i've played it's right there uh, it's one of those games where it's like I, I i've stopped with a therapy session and like i have a 15 minute break all right i'm just gonna pound out a 10 minute game of hanabi like and move on with my life they make <laughs> premium and i'm so mad <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, oh no oh. i'm
2: so mad because they'll do that because i think takanoko also went premium like a lot of they, they'll like put games on the the free tier and then they'll opt them the premium to see depending on what's popular and i'm like
1: i don't like that
0: <laughs> i mean
1: i think this is just the start granted it's not going to be as big because that's what they already owns everything but we're mm-hmm. going to get our board game streaming services we're going to get hasbro's malapa arena you know, yeah. all the magic players in there. We're going to get Asmo Day, and it's just going to be like streaming. Like if you want our games, you have to come here. And right. then of okay, course, tabletop simulator, will have all the pirated stuff. <laughs>
2: right. Or like right. the, the, the proto prototype stuff and all that. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. For developers and everything. Uh, what, what do you think about this? Well, I know we talked about Asmo Day picking up board game arena recently, but you know, we didn't know how quickly it would be that we would see their games on it. Is this, is this cool? Excited about it?
2: Ah, uh, I, yeah, it's like, I think how much, when are they going to throw down the paywall?
0: You know, and, 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 and it is think, a premium game, by the way.
2: Okay. Yeah. So they, <laughs> and there's a lot of things that are premium, like, like a lot of their versions of Carcassonne are premium. And there's a lot of like really fun stuff that's behind the paywall. And it's not like super unreasonable. It's like two bucks a month or four bucks a month, but I already pay that much for a hundred other subscriptions. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah
1: you know yeah
2: (laughs) you know like i have the fact like
1: you said hanabi for example what if like i just want to play that you know it's not that i want to play two dollars for everything it's like just give me the like a steam thing like 99 cents one term buy
2: right
1: you know someone doesn't come knocking on our door like hello we've noticed you've been playing more ticket to ride unfortunately your your account has retired please uh charge for another 5.99 while it's on our table or something (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah so i i am for some reason we never really did board game arena we've always done tabletopia and tabletop simulator <laughs> uh but uh because of this story coming out i was like let me give it a shot maybe i'll try to play a game of splendor and see how it is uh i i actually I had an account by just i think maybe i've used it like once i logged in and i was about to do the um Sign up for just a month to play Splendor. I was like, yeah, it's a few bucks. Let's let's try it. But I guess they have a feature where if a premium player is starting a game, free players yes. can join in. Yes, so that that's kind of cool. And it ha- and it, I was waiting for like fifteen seconds, probably you know, cause especially because it's new and everyone's excited about it. And I got mm-hmm. into a game, and uh, it, implementation was nice. They have a nice feature where uh, in you know in Splendor you have the cards with different costs, and the uh, there's an option to make it so. Rather than the card displaying the full cost, it would be subtracted from what you had. Mm. So, like, if you could buy a card, it would just look blank, so you would know mm. you have enough to take it. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't think I'm very good at Splendor. I did not win, but it was it was cool. It was fun. So, you know, this is we'll see. I know it's, it's scary when Asmodee buys everything, but it's a it's it's okay. Right now, I'm, I'm I guess I'm a little bit optimistic about it. <laughs>
2: I guess I'd, I'd need to see what the pricing and the paywall situation is going to be. Like, I mean, what Will said is totally cool. Like, I, I, you're you're a man of good ideas today, my friend. I'm going to have to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Does he do this?
2: Does he do this all the time? Does he just come up with good ideas that solve
1: things?
0: All he does every all the time. Mm. Yeah, every day. Now-
1: uh, sure. Well, well, well I'm going to pretend that's true. Yes, we're going to go with that.
0: <laughs> I yeah. mean,
2: like, I would totally, I would absolutely totally pay, like, you know, whatever, a two bucks. I us just say two bucks, three bucks, like an app price to, like, unlock the ability to play Hanabi, bank my own tables in Hanabi. Like, I can play Hanabi, but I got to wait, right? And I don't play just regular Hanabi. I play, you know, like, master level Hanabi, because, like, with the multicolors and the, uh, the different expansions, so I, like, those tables don't always appear. So it's like, I would totally pay for that. I do not want to pay $2 a month because that turns into, you know, $12 a year, $24. No! Yeah, that's why. <laughs> no! I i Not pay for a whole game. No! So I have to see what uh, Asma does with the pricing. Like, I mean, if they put all the interesting games behind a the paywall, then it just, it's like, it's and then it file it under, I can't have nice things,
1: you know? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to be like, Hanabi or Splendor, they're free for a week. You know, like they shift. Right. So you get the taste mm. and then...
0: It could be interesting. I I definitely agree. It would, it would be an ideal world. You would always have the option to purchase everything individually. And (laughs) I hope that that is, I hope that things move in that direction at some point. It seems like at least, you know, with other mediums, that's decidedly not how it is going right now. But uh, we'll see board games are a very different kind of a market. So uh, we'll see how, how successful it is and if they do anything differently going forward. Uh, but that's Board Game Arena. You can try Splendor right now if you pay for it or get someone else to pay for it and join their game. And then last news story, this is just a kind of a quick, funny thing that I wanted to mention is that there's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Dark Dice, which is this uh, audio drama kind of podcast. It's it's uh, less like an actual play. It's more like uh, it's kind of in a storytelling format where there's uh, music and narration and sound effects and things like that. And they have announced that in their next season of this podcast, Jeff Goldblum actor, Jeff Goldblum is going to be playing a role. Uh, So I I mean, who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? I don't know. Maybe Jason Perez doesn't love Jeff. Goldblum. (laughs) What are your thoughts?
2: (laughs) I don't understand what the big deal is. Like (laughs) tell me what the big deal is.
0: The Well, I guess the big deal is, um, A, if you're a fan of Jeff Goldblum, you know, it's just fun to see him pop up here and there. B, if you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, maybe this is kind of cool to see uh, that a, you know, as Dungeons and & Dragons and role-playing gains more mainstream popularity, that there is a celebrity getting in on it that might draw even more attention to the medium. Uh, is that, that kind of a... Does that pull you in? Does that does that make you excited in any way?
2: I mean, I feel like we've been in this phase of like, ooh, a celebrity plays D anD D forever. Like, <laughs> like remember when you know, with Vin Diesel plays D anD D. Ooh, Vin Diesel plays D anD D. Fast and Furious came out like 15 years ago. It's like, all right. <laughs> Or Tim Duncan plays D and D. Joe Manganello, I think his name. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. He yeah, plays D and D, and it's like, all right. I, I look, I'm not against that, but it's like, at some point, can we just like grow up and be like, yeah, I mean, yes, of course, he plays D and D. This is not a big deal anymore, people. We do. Yeah. We're not we don't have to like scrub for every single like popular <laughs> person. Like we like they just like relegates us to like you know we're we're the um. Like we're the nerd and then one of the jocks is like ambled over to our – it's like, oh, look, a jock ambled over to our table. And we're popular now for like five minutes. You just need to get out of that mindset. Come on. I, I agree. Is just
1: great. Early on too, like um, Fast and Furious, and like now that you said it because I'm so – Diesel. Thank you. Like, it didn't, like, then it felt like, yeah, that's just what he does. It Like, now it's like, it almost feels like it's cool to say you do that. Like, yeah, no, I'm in the, like, no, it's not like, I feel like now it's like, we're now introducing, you know, the newest, hottest star likes cooking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> yes! we're, we're, it, it's a hobby. It's fun. Everyone's allowed to join in. It's not weird that it needs to be like a, a, a news article. Right. Now. In terms of the show, you know, I think that what's more interesting about this is the, the growth, I don't know, of like all these, everyone wants these d shows with voices and like to make it more professional. And it's interesting because if you actually sit down for a game of d d they will not turn out like this. unless you happen to only know actors.
0: Well, that's why you want to listen to the podcasts. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) that's a lot more entertaining than listening to fumbling of dice for 40 minutes in between (laughs) lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, come on, Will, you're telling me that you don't want to like, regardless of the, what it means for the industry or whatnot, you don't want to hear Jeff Goldblum play D and D like that. That just sounds fun. I'm not
1: saying I don't hate it. (laughs) I'm just saying like, I, I guess it depends on the story because it doesn't matter how Goody is the most recent Jurassic World was not good. <laughs>
0: well, he's right. in that movie for two minutes. Let's let's be <laughs> fair. That's not Jeff Goldblum's fault.
2: Uh, but yeah, I, I like I don't putting know. The, the point being putting Jeff Goldblum on a thing does not make it good.
0: <laughs> I, I might beg to differ on that point. <laughs> I think he might make it good. Um, I don't know. I think what's will interesting about this, and I have not listened extensively to this podcast, but I think. It's interesting that, you know, this is not a a game of celebrities. It's just Jeff Goldblum and a bunch of other just regular people who do this podcast. So I I wonder, I feel like that would be a hard balance as like as a GM and as players, especially for when you're trying to entertain people of how do do you lean too much into does it just become the Jeff Goldblum show? Or like, do you try to pepper him in and does he feel like, cause he, does he gel naturally with the other players? Mm-hmm. And I, I, think he, I think, he, I think Jeff Goldblum's an affable guy. I think he'd do well with it. But again, it's kind of, if you listen to it, it's not really, it's not as much in the nitty gritty, like even critical role, I think is a lot more, you get the sense that they're playing D and D. This is almost more, I feel like they're trying to hide some of the underlying mechanics underneath more of a storytelling mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm a different kind of a thing but at any rate that's dark dice and whether you like it or not jeff goldblum will be on it uh that's i mean uh, nice uh find a way (laughs) yeah i was gonna you don't want me to do my uh uh um uh, i I i'll roll a roll okay i can't i don't i'm sorry i'm sorry everybody please don't unsubscribe uh we're gonna move on it's time to talk about kickstarter picks that we have this week in kickstarter pickstarter oh this one looks uh, nice no, no, it's nice what about this one kickstarter pickstarter was i doing a jeff goldblum impression in the kickstarter pickstarter <laughs> bumper actually i don't know anyway we're talking about the crowdfunding projects that we want to highlight we think you should check out uh, jason what what's your pick this week i don't know what is my pick what did i write down <laughs> <laughs> i got I wrote... here if you need me to tell you Yeah,
2: tell me tell me what my
0: pick was it looks like cellulose, a plant cell yes. biology game.
2: Okay, so I knew it was a Genius game. I just went—I forgot which part of the plant what it was. They made a game about. <laughs> so, uh, <or laughs> so okay. So, do you? I, I, you probably know Genius games, right?
0: I, I know of them. Yeah. You what, know what, what have I mean, they done? Yeah, I don't know if I.
2: They have done head. their their shtick is science based games. So they've done a lot of them, and I've reviewed a lot, of them. I've played a lot, own a lot of them. I love them all um cytosis was the previous worker placement game about cell replication and then they have periodic which is basically a board game on the periodic table like here's the periodic table we're gonna make a board game on top of it and that was actually pretty good uh, mm. comic um is, oh. is a deck builder and then covalence was like a hanabi-esque you know like a cooperative game so they 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 dip into all these different like genres and like mechanisms and they make science games out of them. And the science is usually pretty, you know, like kind of grade school-esque. Um, you know, But and if, and if you're like me, you don't know anything about science. It's like, ooh, okay, I learned something. <laughs> and you can definitely see, like, the beginning games weren't that good. But then they're just getting better and better and better. Like, the last couple have been just, like, outstanding just as yeah. family games. And so, like, they – so, Cytosis was really early. And it was okay, but they're going back into the worker placement well here and it just looks better. It looks like lessons have been learned. It looks like, um, you know, just, you know, onwards and upwards and it's funded. And it's like, in, you know, the, the, it's the, the community has really responded to it. So I just, I just love this concept and I, and I I stopped by the booth every single year at like packs and stuff and I, I want to support them. So, you know, absolutely great. That's uh, cellulose for, from uh, genius games.
1: That's, I, I always remember their booth. I, it always sticks out to me in my head whenever, you know, I'm perusing the, in, in my mind the stores during Gen Con and stuff. And I always love when a game can somehow perfectly get that, like very educational, but also not just feel like it's force feeding you. Right. It's, it's very hard because I've got that's, like.
2: It's uh... exactly what they're expert in. They're all games, all, everything they produce is a game.
1: Hmm. I, Cause I got this one I'm blanking on the name of the game. I just remember I opened it and started reading it and I couldn't like they were, they, they were just, they were like not trying to hide the terms. Like this is an, uh, an RNA cell. And I got, I understand that, but I'm trying, I wish I had the rule book with me now. I could just read a passage
0: <laughs> Very technical. to get to,
1: to explain how technical I gave it to a pre-med student right now to see if he can decipher and actually learn the game. <laughs> it's not one of theirs, <laughs> right. but like, and I, this looks like they actually understand like we can't just dump the science there. Right. You know, that it, right. an idiot like me has to be able to play it.
2: <laughs> yeah, they figured they figured that out a long time ago. And that's that's what I appreciate about genius and I want to shout them out because like, you know, you don't want just you don't just want the one shot, right? Like you if mm-hmm. you do it, do it. And they and now they're at the point where they're like looking back at their designs and like okay we can do this better which a lot of people are doing so like you see you're getting new Sentinels of the multiverse that uh, that just finished uh so it's like you know Sentinels multiverse was getting its first game and it shows so it's like all right let's do this better uh theory yeah. is coming coming soon uh their new iteration for hoplomakers and that was their first game it they're better at this so they're going at it again so like you know people are complaining where it's like, oh, I have the old stuff. Why can't it, you know, but at the same time, you want a creative person to just like keep iterating. And it's like, if you want to support him, you support him, if not, if not. And this is another example of that, where so not only you're getting the science and it's an actual game based on science, it's better design. You know, it's people that have been at this over and over again. I I absolutely want to support that.
0: It's like the good version of, to bring it back, of uh, George Lucas doing the special editions of Star Wars. (laughs) It's the it's the idealized form of that revision revisionism. Also, well, uh, one one of them doesn't get angry
1: when you ask, "Can I see the old edition?"
0: Right, right, uh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I like the looks of this one. This looks like what I would uh, like use to get out of doing actual work if I had a project in a science class in school. I'd be like, I'll Mm -hmm. make a board game about science. (laughs) No, I mean, it probably wouldn't be as fun as this, but uh, that's what it reminds me of. It looks very cute. This one has, uh, it's just in its last couple of days. So you got to go check it out. And it's $39 to back the standard edition. Although there is a collector's edition as well. So pretty good stuff. Will, you got a pick for us?
1: I do have a pick, and it's a very niche pick, but when I saw it, I fell in love with it. All right. (laughs) It is Mythic Frames. These are inner sleeves designed to go over mostly magic cards, but I could see them probably working for other most cards, depending on where the information is. And they're just amazing. Like, they have ones with skulls on the outside and banners coming in so when you play a deck of cards and you really have like a fire theme going on you can make like fire going around the edge it's all these unique artists and they're all crazy and i just love the designs obviously i'm a magic player so it's more fitting towards me but like i said the outside of the land ones because they cover up more the where the tech spots would be most cards Probably could fit most other card games in here if you wanted to really customize your deck that way so and these
0: are these are sleeves, just like they're just cool sleeves with cool designs.
1: Yes, pretty much on the inside, so it's almost like there's uh, imagine seeing like the like ones like glass panes along the edges, and they're not hmm. the full sleeves, they're the inner sleeves, so you actually put another sleeve on top of it, so that way the backs you know you uh you gotta keep the same backs for your decks. Or else you get some, uh, you know, weird markings or if like Marvel champions, I think has three different color backs, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I just thought these were beautiful. And anyone who's into a card game that you sleeve a lot, like this is something at least that you can add your own little personal touch to that I just thought
0: was really cool. That's kind of cool. I I do like the idea of stuff on the front of the sleeves. I I don't see that done too often. Uh, Well, I think the problem is, like, you
1: see these, they're really designed a bit more for magic. Like, Mm. it's... Very specific, okay. Yeah, a bit more specific. You have to do... Like, you would have to be something that either has a huge line, like any of these TCGs, or um, even something with a lot of expansions, like Cryptozoics or Upper Decks, deck-building games, you know? At that point, you know you have a huge library but those don't customize as well. Okay. I do have one that's a, maybe a bit more of an actual game. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, sure.
1: And uh, that's... Uh, oh, I'm going to... My my lack of English is going to... Uh, is it Chai? Chai tea for two? Oh, yeah. Chai, yeah, yeah, tea. Right? Right. Yeah. chai tea for Thank two, you. absolutely. Yeah, this one... Uh, I remember the original Chai tea looked awesome, and then seeing this, I love this two-player trend because I feel... So many times, and we just played a game where it's like, oh, it's two to four, and you play, and you're like, it's not two. Right. <laughs> so this is like, no, okay, this is two. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually take the player count, like, really into account. <laughs> yeah. We
2: just got into this distinction over on another episode on the podcast, like, two-player cooperative games. And, like, why aren't there any? Like, most of the game... Mm get are cooperative games, but they're like scaled, you know, two to four. And I get what well, from a publisher's perspective, but like sometimes you really feel it, you know, like like Marvel Champions is a is a, is a solo game and they upped it. So like playing at four is is rough, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I, I do not like playing that game. I, I just think it was a lot of time. And then you have the other games that are like, you know, like a bigger game that is. Is not like you, you're playing it at two. It's fine, but it's it's like not that intimate. It's like it's just kind of like I'm playing a huge I'm playing a huge game, uh, but like a, a, a pure two player design is to be cherished. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially for like things like balance and a co op game that can be that can be a, a big a game changer if you limit the the player count for that one. Heard good yeah. things about the original Chai as well. So, mm-hmm. and that one by the way is going
1: for. 39 as well for the deluxe edition, but there is a print and play at a lower one as well. If you're fine with oh, there that, go.
0: how much are those sleeves?
1: Oh, the mm. sleeves. I, I forgot to look at, not look at that. I forgot to pull that up. All right. So they actually have a system where you sort of vote on which artist you go. So I think one for $40, you get a tier one, which gives you, it gives you the equivalent to fill uh, to um, sleeve a bunch of magic cards, but there are like, well, uh, what's the no, add ons. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> for like you're like oh i just need more of the ones that are more open or more of the ones that are for lands or something so it's starting at 40 but you can go up to whatever you need for whatever card game you're playing to sleeve
0: all right, right. so you you guys i mean you left me really uh a good pick of everything else that that's going on here <laughs> um i am gonna for my main pick i gotta go with this game called vivid memories Mm. Uh, which is from uh, i believe it's floodgate games is publishing it pretty sure i saw that somewhere and now i'm missing it but anyways yeah th- okay thank you this is uh an interesting game the theme is about collecting memories and and forming long-lasting memories but it's really an abstract title basically there are these little colored tokens that kind of are diamond shaped and they are different there's purple blue green yellow and you are taking from a a public supply of those on your turn and it's one of those things where you can take uh, like one of each color and take three or you can take two of the same color if that's what you want and each player has their own personal board and you're putting these little things into these little hexes on your dual layer board and each hex can hold three colors. And ultimately by the end of the game, there's a variety of ways you're trying to score those. So uh, you'll have some cards that will be telling you, uh, you'll get a point if you have this exact combination of, colors in and for each hex you have that combo in or maybe you'll get points for connecting like a line a thread of certain colors across your board or you'll have a secret goal that will reward you for getting uh, one color in particular no matter where it is and you have different actions you can take different powers you have to swap the tokens between hexes or move them around as you need to definitely looks like it's in the same family as something like azul or i think even more so maybe like calico Uh, where a very puzzly kind of game, Mm -hmm. but it just looks really appealing to me. The, the, from a physical tactile standpoint, I like the look of the pieces and it seems like it would be a fun kind of, you know, we, we always tend to like these kinds of uh, more solo focused competitive games that where you have your own board and you're puzzling things out. Uh, So that is, that's vivid memories. And that one goes for 50 bucks right now. That's the deluxe edition, which I guess is, Kickstarter exclusive, but I think there'll be a regular version later on. I think, mm-hmm. and um, I also liked this game called Ice. I thought it was kind of cool, which is a game where you have five layers of tiles, and as your little archaeologists and explorers are moving through, you actually like will remove a tile and literally dig down into the ice to find stuff. <laughs> um, I just thought that was kind of cool, so maybe take a look at Ice. Oh, sorry, it's, oh yeah, it's just called Ice. I C E. The letters are spaced out. I'm not sure if you're supposed to say it I C E or not, (laughs) but it's about well, that's what
1: they.
2: That was like T I M E stories. No one ever said.
0: (laughs) I have had the thing. Here's the thing that bothered me about that game. If you look at the title officially, there's no period after the E. It's. really period 10
2: e stories like alfred e newman
0: (laughs) yeah i never i never understood it and it always drove me crazy to the point where i would just add the period i'd be like no no that's a period goes there this is how this works
2: that game had so many translation issues it even got into the title
0: oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i also wanted to ask did either of you look at this kickstarter for a game called angel fury no No, I didn't see that one. Um, It's Angel Fury, the battle for a human soul. I looked at it and I immediately was like, this doesn't look like a game for me. It's got over 200 miniatures. It's like a big miniature battle game with uh, a lot of card play. But what's interesting about it is it's Indie Game Studios is doing the Kickstarter. It's from a designer. um, It's one of the Frixelius boys. Um, Hmm. Which one is it? Daniel Frixelius who I guess is the brother of Jacob Frixelius. I hope I'm saying his name right. Designer of Terraforming Mars. I didn't know there's apparently five of these brothers who all work on board games together. I I just, I had no idea this was a thing. So I was like, (laughs) that's kind of cool and interesting. And maybe it's a good game. It didn't look like my kind of thing, but I thought worth talking about. But anyway, those are our Kickstarter picks this week. Some interesting projects out there, as always. Uh, Now we'll talk about the games we've been playing. Here it comes. Tabletop. 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 That's our longest bumper. I hope it's worth it. (laughs) Um, The games that we have been playing, tabletop games. Jason, I'm I'm very excited. I want to hear what you've been playing and what your thoughts are on these games. All right.
2: So very briefly. Okay. So I have two. Am I allowed to have two? You can have as, as many, many as want. you want.
0: Take your time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: two is good. <laughs> okay, so the first one, my first one, I know you y'all haven't played. So it's a, a Sea of Legends. Uh this one is from Guildhall Studios and was you know fortunate enough to be sent a copy. And I'm working my way through the rules. And I'm not like a like a I'm not a like a rules uploader. Like I can't just like read a book and like upload it into my brain and like know how to play like the people can.
0: <laughs> like Neo in the Matrix, you don't download it into your head.
2: Like Michael Kelly,
0: who like reads like who gets
2: nothing but Kickstarter things, he like uploads it and he can just figure it out. <laughs> He's a designer, so it's like I can get it. But like me, it's like uh, where's the watch it played? Where's the quackaloop? Where's this? Where's the <laughs> like everything? And so it's like it's 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 a big game. That's a big exploration. Uh, for one or four players, like you know, exploration in like the like a fantastical version of the Caribbean, right? Uh, and the idea is that you are gonna like getting notoriety. So it's like a race. So you're doing you're getting into adventures and the adventures are app driven. So you can go from place to place to place to place uh and level up. So like a little bit of forgotten watersy, like in terms of the, you know, you know, t- going on in like a big pirate adventure, but more definitely more tactical play on the board. Right. Oh, wow. And
1: right,
2: struggling. And
1: <laughs> wasn't this? Am I? sound mm-hmm. I think we saw this on case. Was this also like you'd also be NPCs and have relations like either like yes, they're your yes. rival, your lover, or so on and yes. so you forth. Yes, you start off
2: with like a um a uh, you saw yourself, your rival, a lover, and then there's an NPC that kind of like roams around and like multiplayer. It's actually I'm a solo player and it's much better so far, and I haven't like really really gotten into it yet, but so far it seems that it's a better higher player count game because the NPC is just kind of roaming around. So, you know, like if you, if you're playing higher player count, you can be like, okay, go NPC, go bother them. And, or like mess up the board uh, and, you know, kind of change things. It's, it's good in multiplayer and solo. I feel like the, like speaking of like to player count, right. How do you, who what's the basic thing of a game and how does it adjust? Uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still kind of looking for trying to find the fun of solo. Uh, but mm-hmm it, it's not this is only impression, right? There's only my impression. Uh and so, you know, kind of talking to people, it's like, okay. Um, and so figuring it out if it's good for solo. Like, I feel like like I don't know what you guys like what your opinions of solo are, but like when it comes to like these big Kickstarter projects, they have to play solo because you know, in the pandemic, you're not doing it anyway. And like if you're spending all this money in a game, it just the value proposition just goes way up when you can just like, okay, I I'm not gonna play with my group or I just want to continue it alone and be good.
1: There are definitely, especially if it's exploring, I feel that always seems like it works. So, I mean, that's why in video games, open world is doing so well because we like that. Now, I am curious on your thoughts of this when it comes to solo though. I feel sometimes the solo game I'll play and it just becomes less of me playing a solo game and more of there is a computer I need to make sure its program is done. And by the time Mm. I'm done with it, I'm like, oh, what am I doing on my turn now? Right, yeah,
2: yeah. There is definitely a, a a fair amount of that here where there's a lot of upkeep. Like, I'm I'm thinking more about the NPC and I'm thinking more about the board than I am my, my players so far. And that's not a great thing.
0: <laughs> but,
2: but I feel like I still, again, I haven't, like, totally plumbed the depths of this game enough. Like, I feel like there is a fun game there. Like, you know, in terms of the adventures that you get in, I haven't busted through the app yet, but if that's whatever... But like the the system of upgrading, right? Like and all the things you could do for notoriety, that's fun. And so there is fun to be had. It's just like does it? I'm still waiting for it to kind of cohere into a good solo adventure. And I, I again, I have to have games that play solo. It's, and I, to your point, well, exploration. Like if it's an exploration game, if I'm not playing it solo, if I can't play it solo, it's not gonna get played because that my, mm-hmm. my my groups, my friends, they got no time for that. We got too many games. <laughs> People like too. Many. You know, uh, so I'm still waiting for the solo fun, but it, so far there's potential. So that's that's the um I'm, I'm I'm gonna play more, and I'm eager to play more. So that's C of legends.
0: Yeah, I remember. I I love the look of this one uh, when we when we saw it on Kickstarter, and it's a theme that I find very appealing, and the style of game that I really like. And yeah, it is definitely it's a big plus, especially for these you know big heavy games that carry on of narrative and things like that, that, you know, if you can just do it by yourself, <laughs> you don't kind of worry about getting anyone else together, especially now. Uh, that is absolutely a bonus. So okay. hopefully, uh, hopefully it sounds cool. Hopefully uh, you get deeper into it and it'll maybe we'll warm up to it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I want, yeah,
2: the,
1: that's what I want. I don't want to like, I don't want to like brag on a game. Like, it's so <laughs> no, you know, oh, yeah, no, like, every, we want things to be good. <laughs> wouldn't yeah. that be great if nothing was bad
2: <laughs> and so i think that my biggest struggle so far is like exactly what you said uh about the admin and i'm very like and I, as i've gotten like older maybe and like more busy and whatever and because i'm a big solo player That's how i got my start my old podcast I, it was a solo playing podcast for years and like when you first began it's like i'll play anything Give me, give me the complication. Give me the thirty-page bot rules, and it's like I'll do it. And now it's like I, I need that bot to be like get to to do its thing, and get out of the way. <laughs> you know, and and if it's not going to be doing that, then I I got some problems. And so far, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm a little bit worried of what the of how much I'm doing. To maintain the board relative to what I'm doing in front of me, but you know, like I, like I said, I'm I I i got I, going to stick with it and uh, I'll see what's going on. So that's Sea of Legends. Uh, let's just go around. I, I want to come back to mine because I got some other
0: stuff to say. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, what's what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, speaking of when you really want to play a game and you got to get the game group together, this one is not mine. This is my friend's. He loves miniatures. He's getting into miniature painting and everything. And he likes Game of Thrones. So he got really excited. He got all, almost all of me. I think he said he's missing three armies for the A Song of Fire and Ice Miniatures
0: game from Simon. Is uh, that what they're
1: going by now? I
0: <laughs> we don't know, but it is ice and fire before all the angry nerds uh send oh, us sorry. Messages, just so <laughs> the Game of <laughs> Thrones, a- yes.
1: And I have not really played too many of these big miniature war games. And he told me one of the big things about this, which I can only imagine now playing something like Warhammer, is that all your troops are in trays because in other games, if they sort of straggle or maybe go a different direction, they might just run away. Mm-hmm. So this, you don't have to worry about that. And I'm just imagining like, Oh, that's good because I'm sure I would spread my troops out. And then he'd be like, yeah,
0: they all ran away. <laughs> right. They're like, literally they're on a little rectangular tray. That's groups. So they, they cannot move without each other. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I know he said, this is, This rule may be changing. So as of now, when we're recording, so just letting you know in case you're like, that's not how it plays anymore. Uh, There are commanders who do not sit on the board. You actually place them off the side to this other little track. It's like a worker placement thing. And it's each side usually has three and there's only five. So it's a first come first serve kind of deal of these special abilities. And your cards will say like, if you control the crown, you get a bonus. So. There's this whole idea of like, do I activate my troops first, or do I take those so he can't get them from me? Hmm. In the end, though, it will come down to a lot of dice rolls. Hmm. So there's gonna be times when like I should be fine, and he went for like killing blow, and he rolled like one one hit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's the general flow? Like you're each an army, and you hit each other and (laughs) roll dice at each other. It's
1: six rounds, so you don't need to kill off the person. You get points, obviously. There are apparently a lot of game modes. We did. I don't know if the, this would be the basic one. And there's terrain pieces on the board, just like uh, it, Jonathan, if you remember the X-Wing or star Wars miniatures games from fantasy uh, flight. Sure. But instead of just being a wall, they have certain effects. Like one boosts your morale. When someone's trying to scare you, another one terrifies you because it's a pile of corpses. So there's a lot more ta- And then you put objectives on top of those. So it'd be like, well, if I hold this, my melee attack is stronger, but I'm in range of their range units, which, of course, you can imagine they do a pretty good job at uh, taking down even your most heavily ca- uh, armored cavalry.
0: <laughs> so overall, as as you said, we are not big miniatures gamers. I mean, and you are also not a <laughs> person who is that big a fan of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Did you find anything <laughs> to take away from it personally?
1: I mean, it's nice to just sort of have the square. I will say I can understand for some people being like, well, why do I even have the tray of minis? Because I'll just have the square. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my unit base.
0: (laughs) That's kind of funny. Uh,
1: But it did have, it has a really cool way how it keeps track of the health and how they get weaker or stronger. I don't know how the balance of all of them. And like, Jonathan, you saw his collection. It's in a huge bin. (laughs) So it's, it's think, one of those games that where you almost, I feel like you got to prep what you're going to bring or have people come to you. I think that's really its biggest challenge. You need, you need a, a war room.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we posted a picture on our Instagram when I saw this collection, but he's carting it around in a giant bin. Like it it's, it's insane. <laughs> I couldn't believe uh, uh, how, how much room he needed for all this. And it didn't even all fit in there. There's still more and he still needs to buy more to go. I think it. only the uh, collectors,
1: not collectors, the starter box was not fitting in. There,
0: uh, there, were, think... three oh, there were three boxes that were not inside of oh, it. Oh, I only yeah. remember that. <laughs> I saw three. <laughs> and I think there were all the full size, like some kind of base but yeah, box.
1: In the end, it's hard to comment on it since I'm not as much of a Mintras War game. Uh, I will say in the end, I still like having like a board with spaces.
0: Mm -hmm. It's just something, you (laughs) know,
1: it's reassuring. Yes. That I'm not afraid, like, am I six inches away? Because I'm really bad at estimating stuff like that. Like with cooking, I'm like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm going to be like, no, I need to measure. I need exact ounces. I'm (laughs) way off.
2: You must be better at baking than cooking.
1: Uh, no, only because i'm not i'm not as much of a sweet tooth but yeah mm. <laughs> mm, mm. now uh, the other two one i did a group the other was solo the first one being blockness that just came out it's mm. snake the board game and it's adorable
0: <laughs> it is just really funny to just Snake, make... as in the nokia cell phone game yes that's
1: exactly what i'm talking about imagine most centipede
0: i guess the centipede kind of it's like similar but Wait, isn't
1: centipede the your are more like galaga or am I thinking different?
0: Isn't there a centipede where
1: you It doesn't matter. Let's just, <laughs> just go into block mess. <laughs> pretty much, it, think of Snake with multiple players, but because it's 3D, you have pieces that can go over other people. But you mm. can't go under. So you have to like to try to get your smaller pieces out first and trying not to block yourself off. It's, it, it's pretty fun. It only plays in like 15 minutes, so it's definitely one um, I recommend, especially for family. I think it's perfect it's nothing complicated it's continue the line mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like i could play this more easily with most i think most of people in our own game groups like we will have fun that's so a plus the last one i did solo was canvas this is the art crafting game mm. it's mm-hmm. yeah uh similar to mystic veil vale. mm-hmm. and for the solo rules of this there are i played both of them actually One of them is simply, there is a bot, Vincent. You actually throw the pallet. Is that what they call the thing that holds the paint? I believe so. Yeah, a pallet chips in the air. For everyone that goes face up, he goes farther down the line. So it's a bit random what he's picking. And other than that, you just continue and play the game. The other mode, which I feel is a bit more challenging, the way that one worked is it's just you, but... In the regular game and Vincent mode, let's say there's a, a lineup of five cards. If you wanted the third card, you put a one of the, the palette chips on the cards before it. We've seen this before in plenty of other games when like, you put a resource to skip a card.
0: The cards you don't want as much are now worth more, right? Correct. Mm-hmm.
1: In this, you don't do that. Instead, you remove those cards from the game. So you have to think, do I really want to get rid of that? Because I might want that later. You can only make three paintings, and each painting holds three cards, and you can only hold five cards in hand. You're forced to build a painting then. So it plays really quickly. That's interesting. Canvas really is, I would say, the Vincent mode was fun. Like, I've just felt like I scored really well. Like, apparently, I did. They have achievements in the back, not as um, complex as the Calico's, but the same kind of idea. You know, like, see if you can do this. I, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of them in the Vincent mode. Quit bragging. I, I think I think it was luck. I think it was just getting the right cards. The other one was a little bit harder, like I, because there's a, the resources felt much tighter.
0: What's the overall? I don't I don't even remember. You're trying to make paintings. Like what's the general flow? You will have
1: four achievements at the top, and whenever you make a painting by slotting three cards into a sleeve, they will say things like, "Make sure you have." one of each element which they have different symbols on the cards uh two of the symbol are more of this so you're really trying to get the most ribbons and at the end each ribbon's worth a certain number depending on the goals as well as there's like bonus ribbons you can get
0: okay that
1: generally is crafting these cards it's not like your deck building you're more of just making a hand and then trying to discard them as sets it's really a set collecting mm. game just not your usual get diamonds or something interesting
0: so did, how did, playing the solo mode do you feel like that has been satisfying or are you like i really want to play this with other people now i'd say both i want to play with other people cuz i'm
1: curious to see how that would go i'd be definitely want to try out the the second the second solo mode i talked about especially cuz on the back they have what goals you can have for a more complex game or a more simple game so i could be like oh i want to try this challenge these goals sound like they made them sound complex, and like this one says, they'll say like this one really makes you focus on elements. So you can really you can choose what game experience you want.
0: Yeah, always appreciate that in a solo game when there's different modes you can try out that test you <clears throat> and challenge you in different ways. I mean, that's that's a great thing. Let's stay on this. Let's stay on this solo train. I well, let's go back to you, Jason. I assume this next game you're going to talk about is another one you're playing the solo mode of. Oh yeah,
2: and it's the game that you guys have played and I saw your review it was very interesting. I was I wanted to um, you know, just kind of get your feedback about it, which is Red Rising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Red Rising is uh the you know, uh, I guess so at at the heart of the game, it's how I describe it is like it's rummy, right? It's it's basically mm-hmm. cards and you you know, you discard and draw, discard and draw, discard and draw, and you're trying to optimize your hand. So it's rummy. <laughs> and then <laughs> And then, so, so I like Rummy, just, like, as a general, I grew up with playing Rummy, and I have a kind of spot in my heart for it. And then, there was another game that came out, this was, I, mean, I don't know, like, six, seven years ago
0: at this point, called Fantasy Realms.
2: So, have you two
0: played Fantasy Realms? I know, we know that it's been compared to, I mean, even uh, Jamie Stegmeier compared Red Rising yes. to Fantasy Realms, but no, have not had, had the chance to try it ourselves. It's a terrible name, terrible name. Like, the same <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the worst. trick. You must just call it, like, Gamer
2: Rummy. Like, you should have just called it Gamer rummies. you know, <laughs> much more evocative. So so it's, it's – and that's what it is. It's Gamer Rummy. So it's, like, it, it is as simple as Rummy, only it has – now you have, like, like Gamer asset set collection stuff. And um, so it's, like, in that game, it would be something like – there were 10 suits, and the suits were, like, you know, mountain, army, water, fire. And, you know, um, five points for fire, but if you have any water in your hand, they're all worth nothing. And it was just, it was cool like that. So it's like, oh, wow, I have this water card and it's really worth a lot of points, but I can't use it fire cards with it. And, you know, it's, you know, discard and draw, discard and draw, discard and draw. And I loved it. I love it. I loved it. And it's one of those games, I don't know if you guys have those in that collection where it's like, you have people over for game night and it's like, what are we going to play? Fantasy films? Can we play here too? <laughs> no, right.
1: trust me. Oh no, no, no! Trust we don't. Me, I-
2: uh, you want to go on? Uh, and like, like you know, you, you always know that thing where it's like, okay, I don't know what to play, and you kind of give it like ten seconds.
1: Like, <laughs> it, nobody? oh yeah nobody? no no it's sort of like if there's like a, a tv show you know everyone's looking around the shelf and you're i'm just in the background slowly lifting the game up like <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you know you, i guess it's set up while you guys were over there <laughs> uh, might as well play it i guess i don't know
2: <laughs> i have this great suggestion for a game it's called fantasy realms <laughs> and it's it was always one of those games because it's it's quick and, and, and you know and and again it it feed it fed into my classic gamer like you know when I was a child but like evolved so as I said I love fantasy I always love fantasy Realm. so now you have this other game and, and it is it's more than just like a comparison it's like a direct inspiration think the story Jamie tells is I I, I had the Red Rising IP I, I tried to make a game I failed then I played Fantasy Realms and I'm like all right this is what this is what I can do. So it's like, bam, they're like a direct inspiration. And because Jamie is a Euro designer, it is now Gin Rummy, the Euro game. <laughs> it is uh-huh. Turn Gin Rummy into a Euro game. So like, there's a lot more buttons to push, right? So, you know, you have a deck of 112 cards, all unique. Uh, and they combo off each other, depending on what you have in your hand. So like, if this card is with this card, or if this card has, you have the, a number of the same suit, 15 suits, um, you know, and and so you're you're evolving your hand and not only are you doing that, you're also scoring on a track. So you have like your fleet track and your, your your cubes and your influence track and your you know different cubes you get. So and the cards have multi-use. So that's the Euro part. That that's a total Euro thing. Multi-use cards. And I love multi-use cards. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have mm-hmm. multi cards. It just it was just straight up cards. So you add the multi-use cards, you add extra scoring, and now you add like all those gamer buttons, and now you have like but it's on top of that engine, right? You can totally see it's still basically rummy, right? Draw on discard, draw on discard, craft your hand. So I was already predisposed to like it because I like rummy. So then, all right, I'm I'm cool and I'm ha- and I have fun with it. There's a, there's a couple other things on top of that. One, the solo mode was really good. So one, my Pedersen, uh, you know I'm a, I'm a, we we actually friends at this point. Like we 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 talk and VMS and know like checking on each other's stuff and everything so i i guess i'm a little bit biased in that respect but still if he makes a bad autumn, i'm gonna tell himself so. <laughs> 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 about this automa is that it's clean it just it, he's gotten so good at like identifying the core parts of the interaction and nothing else so it's like flip a card take a card away from the from the the tableau and then you know and then it also scores extra points depending on like you know odds or even so it's like not only am I getting denied cards, not only is it kind of messing with my deck a little bit, now, if I put cards down i'm I have to calculate I might be giving him a card that's worth more because i and I know that
1: and but like, what's so- nice about that is you're making that decision though, unlike the thing yes. you were saying before, you know it's not a did i did I play the AI right did it you know I mean, you're going through 200 steps it's what do I do to maximize my moves?
2: And 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 the AI, the rules are totally clear. Sometimes it'll take the card that you want, and that's actually kind of exciting because it's like, oh, you know, and that's a, that's a risk reward, right? So it's like, I could put this card down. I'm going to try to take it uh, pick it up next turn, but the AI might get it. So I have to make that calculation. And so the Automa, I actually like the Automa. So, and, you know, just like the general game itself. Like I thought the general game itself was interesting and, and fun. And I haven't played a multiplayer yet, but I can see having a good time with it. If I have because type of fantasy realms, I can see having a good time with this one. Okay. So then that's the game. So then there's the theme. And I know you guys had a lot to talk a lot to say about the theme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially Will, because I know
1: you read the book, right, Will? No, Jonathan's the one who read. All it. The way around,
2: oh, Jon yes. Jonathan, you read it. Okay. <laughs> yes, so, well, uh, so
0: did you read the books? What was your feeling on it?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I enjoy the books. Um and they are my favorite because I'm not like a a young adult like person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's it's whatever. It's like schlocky and fun, and but like you know, I, I I get into the different characters and and seeing the characters represented on the cards and like the characters kind of do what they would do in the in the game and the interactions are kind of what the interactions would be, and I thought and you know and the art everything came together and I thought it was awesome. Like I thought this like they really. Did an amazing job to realize to to I the word I use evoke like this game evokes the world, you know, and I've heard a lot of criticism. I think you, you guys articulated it uh, in a way like, okay, this game does not immerse you, right? There's uh-huh. no like I don't feel like a character in the world, and that's you know, and that that's valid, but I think like the like Jamie knows that <laughs> like you don't. Uh-huh. Realms and go. Oh, this immersed me into the world of fantasy realms. No, this is that's not what the, a rummy game should do. What a rummy game can do, and what he saw was like it can evoke the world. It gives me little pieces of the world, and like a const like a like a, a constellation, right? And it's up to me to kind of form the constellation and kick the dots. That's my brain, and yeah. so I know the world, and I'm connecting
1: the dots, and I'm there. I love it. I love it. It really did. <laughs> well, For I, I, me, yeah, go ahead. who doesn't, like I said, I did not know anything, and I said this interview. one of the things, and I happen to like a lot of things, though, that like this have, you know, a very big, large cast of characters. So when you see the one character, you're like, like, it's him. There it's he is. It's Cliffjumper. And it's like, that's <laughs> sort of what he does. right? <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of nice when that's you get to see sort of what them. he does. <laughs> well, I mean, because you can only do so much in right, a card right. game right it, it it is fun to see that I, I am curious though which version of the game were you playing because oh, i know well, i, had, like
2: a, I had a review play. i had a review copy a so review I got co- okay they, they had the collector's edition
1: because I, I i was just curious because i don't i still don't know if they have the gold foiling or not on the other one it does not it does not i love that gold foiling i wish more <laughs> things to that instead of like holographic because i think it looks so much better like I've seen a couple other card games do it and it
0: looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am, I'm definitely, I'm very happy to hear that uh, you loved the theme and, and, you, and you thought it worked well. Uh, it's, as you said, uh, we say in the review, f- for me, I found it somewhat lacking. And I definitely see uh, where you're coming from. And I agree that, I mean, obviously, I know that Jamie is a f- huge fan of the book. So I, I know part of me is like, thinks that he didn't get it or didn't or anything Mm -hmm. like that i definitely i I see where he's going with it i think a big part of for me was a little bit of a matter of expectations where you know this this is the only red rising game and in i before we knew what it was going to be only knew that it was announced Mm -hmm. i was reading the books and I, i had so many ideas running through my head of like man what could this game be i'm thinking about like scythe and tapestry i'm like oh what who knows there's like, like you know minis there's all these different ideas i had so many different directions you could take this property and so i think it was that was like seeing it as you know it's a simple straightforward card game i, I like the game a lot and i agree with you about mm-hmm. the solo mode i think is really good but uh it, i think that was a big part of it for me it was just like i think now i will go i would go back to it and be like yeah it's good I, you know i have no i don't have a problem with the theme i think there's some stuff that's done well i do i would love to see uh Stonemeyer or someone else tackle it and in, in a more Let's face it, a meritrash way <laughs> that would well that immersive.
2: Would like. Like, like that's the word you're looking for is immersive. Yeah. Like, yeah. you want to be a character in the game. And I think I saw a video where Jamie's like, I, I tried and I failed. I've been trying to do it for years. And he tried to make an immersive, like, you know, like you kind of need a mini in order to do that. Like you said before, a Trash, you know, going through the adventures or like a 4X or something, something with like a board and, and spaces and tactileness and everything. Right, right. Think he tried and he just couldn't pull it off to his satisfaction and it's like you know what let me just take a complete left turn let me not go the immersive route let me go the evocative route let me go with a simple game that just you know like 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 a constellation like i'm going to put a bunch of stars together and i'm going to rely on the player's previous knowledge for them to you know like you see the three stars together in the sky it's like oh that's orion you know and it's like okay and it just you just carry that if you know that cultural referent so then mm. Jamie just gave us 112 stars (laughs) and we we put, I put it together. I'm Cool with that. So like, there's a couple of the games that do it. So like the the Dresden Files cooperative card game was another one from a couple of years ago. So I'm a a huge Dresden Files man, way bigger than, you know, Red Rising, but you know, that was, it was a cool card game. It was puzzly. It was not thematic at all. Like immersive way. It was very evocative because the different books kind of, put together enough of the book elements and then I put in the rest. And like, there's a couple of other games that like, I, I just love when games, if you can't be immersive, then just like, give me a bunch of toys to play with and I will take care of the rest.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think for us, uh, or like I have um there's a Goonies card game that maybe is along those lines Ugh, is, uh... oh no I,
2: I wanted to like Goonies so much
0: <laughs> uh, I I don't have that much experience with it I I thought it was like it was okay but I haven't I've only it's played it like
2: sucked. once <laughs> it's, it was so <laughs> I was so disappointed it's the same thing right the Goonies adventure card doesn't it's it's it, actually that one tried to be a little bit more on the immersive side because it was like a like it had a mini but it was like the it was like a mini of five characters right see so ha and you could see like you know chunk and and, and you know and, and the different characters right and you you put you move them from card to card but the mechanisms are so crappy like it was possible to like lose in turn 3 type oh, yeah oh.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it had a little bit of that but hey goonies they have a logo on the cut box it makes me <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but, um, i think for me i think one of the best examples that i i feel like i reference a bunch is Uh, the Lord of the Rings game, the Reiner Knizia Lord of the Rings, where it's not super immersive, but I do think the mechanics in that game in their own way make you feel kind of like the characters on that journey of of the fellowship. I feel like that's a great version of Euro, but still thematic in its own way without Mm -hmm. doing like a full, there's a soundtrack and and flavor text and stuff like that. Um, uh, Yeah, and... I guess, like you know, so
2: the so the other reason I appreciate it is because I feel like if a game works too hard to you know do that immersive thing and like make you a character in the world, then I I just like I don't um I lose it right. You're you're working too hard. There's too much. There's too much mechanisms over here. You're trying this, this, and this, and like it's not it, it sacrifices in like just clean mechanical stuff, right? Like you know, if like like um.
1: Well, I think the example of that, perfect example of that, is uh, many games have the keyword "soup" mm-hmm. because Oof. they keep trying to make each character, you know, feel like. And next thing you know,
0: you're like, "All right, what is teleport and reboot?" I thought you meant they have the keyword "soup," like that's the keyword, it's like this. this oh, yeah. card is <laughs> edible in broth or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We're like, working uh, on that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, plus,
2: th- plus three versus characters who are good at soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well actually, okay, so you're so um uh you're a Magic guy,
1: right? I, oh yeah.
2: I think Magic is one of the most thematic games ever. Right? Not right. in an immersive way, not in a way that may, you don't feel like a wizard on the, you know, the, the blasted plains of Shay'smar, you know, like Cyril and boats. But it the way that the different colors work, the way that the 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 cards interact it evokes a really strong sense of what it's doing. So like, if you're playing a blue deck, you are, you you get that controllery sense, right? If you're playing like, like, you know, back in the, I used to play way back in the day, like in the nineties when it first came out. So like, you know, you literally had you no know, fireball, shadow balls or cards
1: as opposed to you, what you should, you should check your collection. It's probably worth quite a bit now. <laughs>
2: Oh, it, it, that's in it's in the garbage new no, all commons. I like someone came up with an uncommon deck and it was like
1: <laughs> I think even with common some commons now can be oh, really? weird, weird things. Come, oh. That's a whole other especially whole, now, I think we yeah. just talked don't, about don't
0: it. get him started on this. 2 Go weeks ago
1: about how they even like <laughs> they closed the grading market for cards mm-hmm. like but also sports cards and stuff just cuz apparently in the pandemic everyone's like we're going to card games now. Mm. That's right. the thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I everybody mean, like in And and it was it was a podcast with uh, one of the magic like storytellers, right? So there's there's people that write novels and books, and they write the story lore and they all that stuff. And they were and they were saying how like the card game got them into writing for them because the cards themselves and the interactions of the cards evoke such a strong sense of world and it gave a sense of emergent storytelling. So you know you can tell you can have a narrative in a game and that's fine, but that's to me I'm actually not as excited about that. Like I don't need a bunch of narrative. I don't even read it. Like it's like I want the 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 story to emerge from the mechanisms, and I want the story to emerge from the just the interactions. And so, like magic, like if I were to like play a game, and I I actually play Magic in therapy. It's a very good game for teenagers. Like you know, you get like you know one of the pre-made decks, just you know, lay it down, go, and I let them win so that they feel good about themselves. But whatever. Anyway, I see you're not playing stacks. Oh no, <laughs> not at all. no planeswalkers, no, none of that stuff. Oh, um, so anyway, so like it, I can almost like we re, like retell the story of the game after we're finished, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and not even in like, okay, I did 10 damage and I cast this. It's like, you know, you can almost tell the story of like, okay, and then this, you know, this, um, you know, I, I tend to play like white green if I play. So like, I like a lot of like, you know, heavenly stuff and healing and creatures all over the place. And like yeah. I,
1: I, you know, I, I gotta go off on a whole magic. <laughs>
2: I'm so. <laughs> I, I know this is very exciting for. You. I just walked right into it. So like <laughs> I, I, I brought out my bears and I blessed my bears with uh, you know a sprinkle of fairy dust, and then you came over with your earthquake and you opened up a you know big chasm of bears, and it was just cards. But it's it the the evocative sense that the the story that emerged from the interactions because there's so much. Net, like there's so much like story baked into the way that the, the mindset of the
1: game, like you know, you know, green being so strongly, you know, everything having identity. That's what I want to say. I, I bringing this a little bit back to Red Rising by mm-hmm. connecting to Magic. One of the things that is when done, and it's so fun because even if you don't know the story of either of those properties, like you brought up how wh- how white plays with a lot of life gain and greens like your creatures. In this, I'm like, oh, I noticed that. The, like the purple is a lot of media and they're doing right. points this way. And the blue wants mm-hmm. to really focus on the ship track. You, you know, you you get the, the groups and what they're supposed to do. And I feel like right. it's so much easier to connect with the world and the characters that way because you see how they all interact with each other that way. And then, of course, then you hit that one card that's like with these two specific characters and you're like, oh, he's a gold card saying that. I guess those are his bodyguards. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, even though I had known nothing about the world outside of like what Jonathan told me was like, there, there's social classes. Like mm-hmm. that's all I know. I could start seeing where each person fits in and you and get it, excited it, then when you're like, oh I got, I got the, this group together, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
2: it might have zero to do with what actually happened in the books. Like it might, like, like zero, right? So like, I remember I played um, Star Wars Rebellion. If you guys have played that game, that game is amazing.
1: And it's, I'm yeah. waiting. It's it's <laughs> one of the games I'm hoping to get to once we're all healthy and not uh, in, uh, scared of meeting up. <laughs> and
2: it's like, you know, so they have the characters like you have, you know, the pretty familiar characters, Leia and Jabba and all those people. And it's like, you know, in the movies, um, like Jabba never captures Luke and, changes so well. and but like in the game, it does. And you can totally see that. Like, it's almost like you're making fanfic. Of your favorite game. And I think Red Rising doesn't, you get to that fanfic point, obviously. It's just, it's a a rummy card game. I always come back to it, it's a rummy card game. How thematic is rummy gonna be? However, (laughs) it it still gives me, it still puts it right there for me. It doesn't arrange it in any way. It just puts the pieces there for me and I can put it together myself. And, you know, as you were saying, the, you know, the, it, 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 I can put it together in a way that makes sense. You know, the the purple act this way, and the the gold are haughty. And they barely interact with anybody, and the you know, the artificers are like you know, to be other people. And it, it, I just think that it just does a really, really good job on that level, but without the immersion. And I think in terms of if you want immersion, you're going to be disappointed. But that's an expectation thing,
0: not necessarily yeah, right. A not a, not a game problem. Right. I'm with, I, I, I agree with, I love everything that you're saying. <laughs> I definitely uh, agree. And I, I I also love when, yeah, I mean, the, the, the stories that we tell after playing a board game, the best ones are always, uh, oh, what happened on turn six when this player decided to do this and not... Oh, on page 14 of the storybook when we found out right. this paragraph happened. Right, right. <laughs> not nearly as exciting as the actual what goes on around the table. The, the the story that you create with each other, yeah, with the mechanics. I mean, not to take it too off topic, I'll, I'll bring it back into my wheelhouse away from magic. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, <laughs> uh, uh, like, th- that's one of my favorite kinds of video games. I love, um, like, Metroid. You know, that, that's a game series where Uh, with a few exceptions like super look at super metroid if anyone out there knows for super nintendo there's no like cutscenes. there's not like a plot so to speak but when that game is over you feel like you lived a story just from what you did as it went on and i think that that can be in in any kind of game that's some of the best storytelling you know there's a reason it's it's a game and not a movie Usually, are you saying you don't like the movies worth of cutscenes from Metal Gear? Oh. Uh, I like those too. I like those, uh. <laughs> I like it all. Oh now, if Jeff Goldblum <laughs> was in a Metal Gear game, I'd be even more excited. Uh, I am just gonna close out Table Talk with one more game, and it's another solo game. I love that. It's, I love we have this as a fun theme running through this. I mean running through most a lot of these weeks as is the case right now but i played the new print and play uh, cooperative variant of keyforge that fantasy mm. flight put out called rise of the key kraken so keyforge is of course their unique card game from richard garfield uh jumping off from magic and normally you're playing against one other player and you each have a deck with different houses and, you know, you're playing creatures and you're trying to use the cards you have to collect amber. And if you get enough amber, you forge keys and you forge three keys to win. This is also a game with a lot of keyword soup, if we want to if we want to say that as well. This mm-hmm. key rack inversion, uh, I printed it out. I went to uh, I went to FedEx local local FedEx and I printed it out from their printer. And I, I don't usually do that. I'm not a big print and play guy at all. So this was kind of a, a new fun thing for me. Very sad. And this is this is me getting out now in my life. And the way that this one changes it up is that it's for between one and three players. You're working together and you're facing off against this key raken, which is a giant kraken that has its own deck. And on its turn, it flips out a couple of cards. It could flip out more depending on what happens. And it'll have its own sets of creatures, which are actually like, parts of it so it'll be like a tentacle or something like that as well as its own artifacts that will support it and though it does not forge keys instead it uses amber to surf rise to the surface of the ocean and the idea is if it does that four times then it like makes it all the way out and it's going to just destroy the world so Mm -hmm. you're trying to kill it before that happens at a certain amount of health and um what's cool about this the idea is how they kind of sold it is that certain decks that maybe aren't that great in a competitive format in KeyForge, Forge. Uh, if people don't know, every deck in KeyForge is unique and fixed. There's no deck building. Um, will maybe work better in this version of the game. So some of your decks that you didn't think were that great, you can bring into the mix and see how they work uh, this time around. I... I just played one game. I used a deck I hadn't used before from the world's collide set, but it had three different three houses that were from the first set. So I was very familiar with them. So I didn't really get, I don't know how much of a new experience I got, but I lost, I lost, but it was kind of close and I did enjoy my time with it. What's interesting about this is that in normal keyforge, forge, it's, you know, it's all about getting Amber and getting your keys. And usually you do that by sending out a bunch of creatures and using those creatures to reap. But in this version, you win by killing the, the boss. So hmm. it's much more focused on the creatures and their attack power. And usually if you kill one of its creatures, that also does some damage to uh, the key rack in itself. And so that was kind of cool. It changes up the game a little bit. If you like the more f- creature focused style, this might be something to look for. Uh, there were some, and I think there are going to be some weird, interesting card combos with this, the rule set of this one as well. Like I, there's a card, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but uh, if you activate it, it's an artifact. You can activate it once each turn if you declare the correct house. It w- you can declare a house, and for the next turn, your opponent cannot reap, meaning get more amber, with that house. And all of the key Rackin' cards are one house. <laughs> so uh, I mm. had that out early enough. If I keep using that, get a good enough train with that house, theoretically, I could stop it from reaping and really put a stranglehold on its amber. I'm sure it has other ways you know, to get around that. But uh, there's fun different like combos like that, I think, that are possible that you couldn't do in the normal game, and I think this is a great shot in the arm for KeyForge because, like most competitive card games, during the last year, uh, it's just been—you know—you can't do the tournaments, people aren't going to stores as much. It's kind of been suffering. I think I think KeyForge, especially, um, still—I don't know about the sales, but it seems like the community is a little bit, a little bit thirsty for content.
2: Well, <laughs> so, it got off to a rough start because the the availability wasn't there, you know. Yeah. It, it was hard to find packs because you had the, the power gamers that were just buying up all the packs and, you know, four horsemen, I'm looking for, you know, these different sets and everything. And then it's like, by the time, you know, you you got back to like, okay, let's get some, um, you know, let's get packs in there. Then we had to close down. It was kind of a bad timing
0: thing for it. And I and I haven't played it, but like well, the people that I know just like swear by
2: it. They love this game.
0: Yeah, it I was it reminded me how much I do love it because I never get to play it (laughs) because it's only a two player game and uh, it's just hard for us to that sounds it should be we won't get into the the contradictory nature of this but (laughs) I find it hard to get two player games to the table uh, and I would love to do it more especially and also for a game like this which is you know. These kinds of games, you you usually want someone else who has played it a bunch. Yeah. And you can't just be like, hey, just try a deck. And, you know, it's not as much fun. But yeah, if you like solo stuff, I think it might be worth uh, just giving this version a try and just pick up a deck and print it out because I I thought it worked pretty well.
1: It's one of those things, too, because the same thing happened with the magic, though. Now it's becoming an issue with that commander was made because people were like, I don't really want to play this hyper competitive version. And, right. like, what happened to you, Jonathan, happens, like, this card that everyone thought was terrible, Commander, it devastates. It destroys the battlefield. So, seeing you're going to start seeing now those decks. Like, you know, I think, is it still the Horsemen? I, I do remember that they were big when the first was, set came I
2: out. don't know what it is now, but I just remember people going gaga over it. it was like, yeah,
1: <gasps> I remember it because we actually got a deck with, I think, two of them. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But... Other than that, like, you're going to start seeing, like, okay, this is a solo deck. And if it's anything like that, because more people are more likely to come to the table like, I don't know this game. And you're like, look, we're going to be working together. Here's a deck. This is the big monster. And then that way, people will start, you know, getting excited to play more because they don't have to feel as guilty that they don't have those top-tier decks, which in turn makes other decks top-tier decks. But, mm. uh, and it sounds like it's also pretty easy for them to put out. Like, it, it's all print and play, right?
0: Yeah. That's right. That's how it's been so far, and um, I think there's a. They have a one more kind of a solo slash co-op mode planned. That's also going to be a print and play. That's not out yet, and there's also stuff if you if you do play with multiple players. There's now there's ways for you to actually interact with each other and kind of you can boost each other too. So. Oh no, they're adding a trader mechanic. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so that's Keyforge Rise of the Key Racken. It is free on Fantasy Flights website if you have a printer and ink and another Keyforge deck to play it with.
1: I, I like the stipulation there it's free if you have printer ink.
0: yeah for me Great. it was five dollars to print it <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i was fine with that all right so uh that's our table talk really good stuff i i, I loved it i loved hearing about all the different games now we're gonna ha- wind down have a little bit of fun as we play a oh as we play a <laughs> board game game there you go a board game game uh all right this week's board game game is called fiddly feud Uh, all right everybody's excited about that title we all like it we're all big fans of it uh jason i know you and we as well here at roll for crit are big fans of co-op games all right so and i assume are we all fans of the game show family feud Of
1: course, I enjoy. Yeah,
0: good. We're all fans. Well, if you like Family Feud, then you already know how this is going to work. What I have done and hopefully neither of you are like, oh, I just looked at that yesterday and I know exactly all it is. Otherwise, this game will fall apart and this segment is over. Um, (laughs) I have I have taken the BoardGameGeek.com top 10 ranked co-op games Mm. according to their list. I I keep that
1: updated on my screen over here, (laughs) refreshing every minute. Mm -hmm.
0: And so how it's going to work, I'm just, I'm going to go, we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to, I'll start with you, Jason. And then one at a time, you will each have a chance to guess a game that you think is in that top 10 and mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I haven't worked out the finer points of it, but I guess theoretically you'll probably get more points if you get the higher up ones. Maybe not. Maybe they'll be harder to guess if they're lower down. I don't know. How does Family Feud work? <laughs> it's uh,
1: most popular gets you more points. Yeah,
0: folks, we'll stick with that then. So uh, it makes a little bit less. Well, no, I guess it makes. We're going to stick with it. So that's the game. That's what it's going to be. Fiddly Feud. Very exciting. We'll see. We'll see how well you guys do. I think, I don't know. I think you'll probably get. You'll, I'm, you know all these games I think it's safe to say. Yeah. So, here we go. Jason, you're up. Give me give me a guess. What do you think's on somewhere in the top 10? Gloomhaven. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gloomhaven, that is the number 1 answer. And I mean, <sighs> I mean you did it. You, <laughs> you got it with a bullet. So, very well done.
2: I think uh, probably,
0: you know, we all expect that somewhere in there. Sure. Uh, all right, Will, what do you think? I'm going to go with
1: Pandemic Legacy. Any. Uh, that More... sounds like a no. More specific, please. Oh, season one. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Guess what? Pandemic Legacy Season one,
1: number two. I th- honestly thought that would have been the number one. I, I was thinking because I know Board Game Geek loves that.
0: It was number low number one game for a time, but I th- guess Gloomhaven overtook it uh, once it once it came out. So I think uh, you got the you got the big in my mind pretty obvious ones maybe, but maybe mm. not. Is anything else obvious, Jason? Your turn for a guess. Okay, so we just talked about this in the
2: the award section because they split these off, but I'm going to say Gloomhaven jaws at a lion.
0: And I mean, are we can we keep this up? Gloomy Vanjas with the Lion is number 3. Yes! <laughs> so we ha- are going in order.
1: <laughs> All right. It'll get my harder. next one It'll I don't harder. think my next one isn't going in order, but it's it's sticking to the theme. And I'm going to go with Just Base Pandemic. Oh! Yes. oh <laughs> I couldn't resist. I was like if we're to Gloomhaven, I gotta go. Pandemic, yeah,
0: base pandemic, not in the top ten. Oh. I think that's like twelve or thirteen, though, or so. it's like in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. But you love playing twelve games of it in a row. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they refuse to play only one game. They need a version with twelve in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Jason, back to you. Spirit Island. Ooh yeah, <laughs> Spirit Island is on there, and you did get number four. <laughs> really? No. Yes, you did, my friend. Wow. <laughs> okay, so okay, so
2: I'm, um, so we dissed our top 100 co-ops. Gloomhaven and Spirit of Island were number one and two. So oh, wow. Okay. It was, and, and like by a lot. So like by our scoring system, we had those two games had crested 500 points, and no other game had crested like 450 points. Which is wow. It was like those are the two yeah. canonical like solo co-op games. So that's I just kind of went down that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, It'd I love Spirit Island. I feel like it's the perfect heavy game. One of the reasons too is because it's—I find it near impossible
0: for someone to quarterback.
1: It yes. is very yeah. hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Well, how possible do you find it to name another game in the top ten? <sighs> I'm gonna
1: go with. How new? Do we are we allowed to know when this list was made? Is it like? I mean, this
0: is date? up to date as of today. Okay, when I'm I checked, gonna go last with night.
1: <laughs> Marvel Champions. <laughs>
0: Oh, I so wow. stupid. That is your second strike. Well, uh-uh. no, yeah, Marvel Champions. I think that's also like in the top 15. It's very close, but it didn't has not cracked or at least is not currently in the top 10. Uh, these things can move around. Well, you're I mean, according to Family Feud rules, <laughs> three strikes and you're out. We'll see how it goes. Uh Jason, what do you think? Can you can you, you wow us again up. with number 5?
2: You messed up, my friend. You did not you you picked the wrong LCG. I will, pick I, I will. I realize that now.
0: I just went Arkham straight for like, oh, that's RPG.
1: the new one. <laughs> oh, how how could I forget
0: my favorite? <laughs> oh, what is what is it, Jason? What do you, you? Arkham doing? Horror LCG. Arkham Horror LCG <laughs> at number five. Yes! <laughs> you have now effectively named the first five in order.
2: I'm an expert in co-op, man. I I don't know what to tell you.
0: I mean, it's this awesome. is. This is really it's it's great. Fu-
2: I don't even look at the. I don't even look at the. <laughs> it's all, it's all euros. So it's like, what am I looking at this list for? It's like, all euros. You've or...
0: got the pulse of the people. You, you Fantastic. know what they like. Will, come on now. There's there's five games left on this list. S- mm. Stay in it, my friend. Top 10 um, co op games.
1: Uh, this is my last strike, but I'm going to go for it. We talked about it. Hanabi. It's not.
0: (laughs) I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. No, I don't. I did not see Robbie in there. I don't know what the people like. I mean, you're gonna kick yourself for at least a couple of these. That's for sure. Mm. I I already am. I missed my number one.
2: And I won. Have I, have I throttled? Have I thrashed yet?
0: It seems like you have, but, you know, Fantastic. We'll, just, we'll just keep it going because why not, Jason? Oh, was... just to see how, lo- see yeah, how long. Yeah, was... come on. Yeah.
1: Let's, let's see, see if, if we, we can fill
0: them out.
2: Continue
1: down the list. Yeah. Actually, I do order. have to get
0: going. so I Oh, that's all. Apologize. You've, if you've gotten out, then we will give you that <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs>
2: uh, no, I, I actually have another thing happening. so
0: <laughs> That is totally fine. And Jason, congratulations. You have officially won Fiddly Feud. <laughs> yay and And i got the clean sweep of the top five i'm
2: really happy about that
0: i mean it was it's honestly it's remarkable that that you managed to do that uh we want we want to let you go we're glad that you came here and spent spent the time with us for this episode of the show very very gracious of you to do so thank you this was great this was so much fun before you you head out yes if you could tell everybody how do they find more of you on the internet
2: shelf Stories gbl games books life so gbl on the twitter uh shelf stories that's have a facebook group uh bgg user pope six this a lot of people reach out to me by private email, and i prefer private geek Mill or you know dms you know i i get you know I, I i like that i like the intimate one-on-one and get to know people and everything so that's really cool uh shelf stories is my youtube channel uh videos every single week mostly like chat with friends these kind of podcast things but other features, you know. So um, the, you mentioned a couple of the features. Uh, I have shelf help, which is my mental health um, uh, foray. I have uh, culture chats. I get into a lot of good trouble in my culture chats. Uh, so you know, please you know, stop by the stop by the channel. It is um, above the table conversations. Um, actual gaming. That's what I have. The dice tower, the one stop co op chat for. Those are my gaming outlets. That's how I kind of split up the two.
0: You, you do great stuff. There, I, really, I really love uh, the features on shelf stories we both do. And uh, it's a great way to, for me at least, has been a great way to be exposed to all kinds of different voices in the community that I probably wouldn't have heard of otherwise. And so, a lot of whom I hope that we can have as guests on the show in the future. So I, it's it's really Absolutely. been great for that reason. No, so,
2: There's a home for a lot of people. I, I, I prize diverse voices. I prize voices in the wilderness. You know, I could have Tom Basile on my show, but come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have him on too anytime we wanted. We We've <laughs> heard from Tom Basile. We've heard from these people. He said enough. I want to hear of other voices. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's if you want to hear those voices, go check it out. We'll have links and uh, stuff like that in the show notes if you want to listen to it. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, everybody. So Jason Perez has other engagements. So he is off for the rest of the podcast, but we're still here uh, a little while and you like us too, I hope. And so just for a little bit of fun, uh, we're going to finish up another couple of segments here on the show. First of all, there are five unguessed games in that top 10 list. You got any, you want to just throw them out there. You officially lost, but if you want to just throw out some other guesses, you think might, might, end all un- right,
1: uh, give me, I'll, I'll give you five. Okay, you just tell me if no. you can get all five in one guess. <laughs> I won't, but I'm gonna just try. Hey, you never know. Um, we gotta get. I still think this has to be on it, even though it seems like I-, I keep guessing wrong. Uh, But Mage Knight. Oh, what else is cooperative? Uh, Oh, you know what? I bet. You know, yeah, we'll go for it because this is newer. The crew probably made it because I know a lot of people love that, even though I not me as much. Arkham's so popular in that card game. Me. God. I want to say mansions, but I don't know if it still is. I feel like it might've been at one point. Um, God. What else is there that now I have to think what's cooperative? Oh, a uh, Mysterium pandemic. Wasn't Hanabi should be. <laughs> uh, These uh, are all good guesses. I'm going to go. Codenames duet. That's the cooperative one, right? It is, yeah. And for my final guess, I'm gonna. Oh god, what it was a good quad. Oh, Robinson Crusoe. That's my five.
0: All right. Well, uh, you got two out of five. (laughs) Here, I'll tell you the crew is number. I think it's like eleven. So you just just missed it. Other five, starting from number six and going to ten, Nemesis. That
1: interesting because I don't. I guess it is to me. Because I know there's different rules, but I almost think of it more like Battlestar. Because I know someone has like sort of traitory rules or Dead of mm, Winter. I
0: guess it's anything with co-op That's true. That and I don't count. think
1: you have to play with that. Or like, I don't think you could play Battlestar with a, without a Cylon.
0: Um, you can't play with a Cylon leader, and that's technically... Uh, oh, no, there's still Cylon, Secret Cylons. Anyway, Mage Knight is one. All right. I got Mations that one. of Madness, second edition, is number Oh, eight. so
1: it was there. I wasn't sure because I was like... I do like it a lot, but I don't know how if it's been talked a lot about recently and stuff. So.
0: Now, number nine is Pandemic Legacy Season 2. <laughs>
1: well, first of all, that goes back to our thing before about grouping them. Well, I mean, I, this, I this is pe- just what's
0: ranked highest. I don't remember a lot of people talking about that one. Well, Maybe it was just because one uh, or yeah, season one was so big. It's number nine. And then number 10, one of our favorite games. The seventh continent, I—that is a
1: great one, though. I, I'll say I really enjoy that solo, just because it feels like—yeah,
0: been... hey, you're still cooperating with yourself. That—that that is true. <laughs> you're not competing, against, <laughs> as you're competing against the game. But Robinson Crusoe didn't. I think that also maybe was not like the top twenty, but no, it's not not in that mm. top ten. No, no, this is, that's that's what they're giving us. All right, well, that's Fiddly Feud. Everyone agrees, a great game. <laughs> Meeple Gallery. Now we're going to answer a question from our Meeple Gallery. This week, a question comes from Twitter. User Tor at Bones and Banners asks Have you ever bought a game twice by mistake? (laughs) So, have you ever purchased a board game twice by mistake? Bought it and then you realized, oh, I actually already own this game. Has this has this happened? Well, so we have had a situation. I don't think it's quite the same, but it's close. It's happened at least twice, where we'll both purchase the same game around the same time without consulting the other.
1: Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> about like, like I played Betrayal. I'm like, I love this game, so I'm going to buy my own copy. This was, hmm, I think I should pick up Doom Imperium. It's about time. And then later, like a few days later, I'm like, by the way, I picked this up. And you're like, so did I.
0: <laughs> right and for us with a few exceptions especially like for a game that we haven't neither of us even played yet we don't even know if we like it uh it's kind of pointless for us both to have one game in each of our collections so we might as well have bought it twice <laughs> we, we we are very uh socialist when it comes to our collection this one collection for the group <laughs> yeah in some ways uh i can't i don't think that i've ever actually like oh i forgot i owned i'm not at that level of collection yet
1: <laughs> I, I don't i'm pretty good at keeping up with the games in terms of if i have it or not like i don't
0: uh you know what we've it. done like, that with is what? promos <laughs> no that
1: like promos are definitely the biggest spot because they're they're not easily tracked
0: you i don't know if you how often you do this now but you used to want you know once in a while you'd make a board game geek order and you'd throw some promos in there and you would be like, Hey, this was five bucks. It's a promo for, th- for this game you have. And I'd be like, you, there's definitely once where I was like, you gave this to me a month ago <laughs> or I got it because from convention. You're right. That's
1: the thing. I, to me, they're there because it's not like, Oh, I bought the, the, the this the blank Mythos expansion. <laughs> right. Because it's they're giving away some other ways too. I would definitely say that has happened to me with some magic gathering stuff. Like I like, Oh, I'd love this commander deck, and like, oh, I got it. I didn't uh, like just because I haven't had a chance to mess around and play with it or
0: something. Right, right. And uh, um, I, I have done this. I will admit, this is the embarrassing thing. I have done this with a video game. Uh, a video the game, game, the game, um, Ace Attorney Apollo Justice, the uh, fourth game in the Phoenix Wright series. Or no, it wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't Apollo Justice. It was the um, the Miles Edgeworth. It was one of those, one of like these sort of the spin-offs. spin-offs of Phoenix Wright for the Nintendo DS. And I I can't remember the time frame. It was like maybe a year at year and a half at most between purchases. I was like, Oh, it's 20 bucks on Amazon. I always wanted to play that game. Comes, I'm like, oh, here it is. Oh, I swear I just like opened my desk drawer and there's the another copy of it already sitting there. <laughs> and I never felt stupider (laughs) like I hadn't played. I never, I bought it and never played it and then thought I should buy it and play it. (laughs) So there's, there's that, that that's happened to me before. Uh, But it's harder with a board game. Usually, like I said, we're not quite at the, we're not at like dice tower level where you just literally have just rooms and rooms.
1: Also, I've done a a lot more. um, Uh. I'm banking on the word, like cutting my collection down. Mm. So like, I'm a bit more intimate. Remember, like I have this or I need this. yeah. So it's been a bit more targeted that way.
0: Yeah. Well, so there's the answer to that question. We have done our best not to do something like that. <laughs> I, I will say there
1: have been moments, which is always great. When Jonathan has gone like, Hey, these guys are counting us about this Kickstarter and this oh, game. Yes. It looks really cool. And I'm like, I backed it.
0: That is true. That has happened to where, yes, well, you'll purchase a game and I'll be like, they were they were sending us that for free. <laughs> you didn't need to do it. Uh, you know, we just, we like. I to support, don't assume we like to support our local game developers. So uh, that's what you got for that question. If you want to send us a question, please do. The best place to do it is over at MeepleGallery at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes. If you want to check out that email address, send us your question about anything board game related. And if you want to hear more stuff from roll for crit, roll for is the best place. You'll find links to our YouTube videos, our live content, our merch store and our Patreon, where we have weekly bonus episodes where we discuss more board games and other fun things too. Or if you just want to support us for free, you can rate and review on iTunes. That helps too. I think that's all the, that's all the plugs and uh, stay tuned to our, to our channel because there's some fun stuff coming up this week. We've got a top 10 video. Uh, we, you know, we've still been doing the Resident Evil streams. I made a video about Seinfeld. You don't want to miss any of that stuff.
1: We'll be finishing up Arkham Horror. Hopefully, I think this this week. So mm, that should be fun. That should be. And, fun. The, and I thinking, I'm thinking Friday uh, there will be a smaller magic unboxing a box of the Japanese trick cards because they come with the special Japanese art. So that'll be pretty cool.
0: And uh, that's going to do it for uh, the Roll for Crit podcast this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It was a lot of fun. And I guess may the force be with you. My name is Jonathan. <laughs> I'm Will. <laughs> and uh, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.